morning, everyone. Good Nerev Shabbos. Coming to you live from the Summerton Community Kailo of Summerton, Philadelphia. Wrapping up our Evan Shlema week over here. Cruising into Erev Shabbos Kodesh with uh, Simon Tess. That's where we're up to. In Perak Yud, the 10th uh, Perak, ninth paragraph. And we're continuing here. The gun is, is starting to get... Uh, is starting to get heavily into all these uh, discussions. As we said, we saw in the beginning of the parak. this parak is is discussions of life, afterlife, and after-afterlife. And, and the guy is now picking up speed over here. Yesterday, we saw kind of scary discussion from the guy scary... Uh, um, observation about the difference between Petira for a tzaddik and Petira for a rasha leaving this world, exiting this world, what that looks like for the tzaddik, what it looks like for the rasha. So the rasha puts up a big fight, makes a big fuss, makes a big ruckus, and, and we explained yesterday is that, you know, the departure, till death do we part and depart, the departure of Petira, when a person moves on from this world to the next, is always about giving up the physical existence that a person has, and transitioning forward to a more spiritual existence, getting ready for judgment, getting ready for going up or going down, Eilam HaNasham is Ganeden or Chazashom Purgatory in Gehenna, but it requires transitioning from an existence that's based in the physical world to a spiritual world, and as we saw, it's a very different experience if you're a tzaddik versus a rasha, the tzaddik, he exists, even as he lives here, he's Mutzav Artsa and Rosham Agiya Shemaima, the tzaddik exists primarily in his neshama, with his neshama, in the Eilam HaRuchni. So for him, it's a very painless, easy, and a welcome transition where he's anyway 99% neshama and 1% guf. So it's a very easy departure of transitioning from the, the guf to the neshama. The guf is barely, barely, barely clinging to the neshama. The guf is barely um, holding the neshama back. Um, it's a neshama that is bringing a goof along for a ride. It's a soul that has a body in tow. It's very easy for the soul to move forward from that. Whereas the rush, it's fakir. He said, for the rush, it's the other way around. He is a body that has a neshama trapped somewhere inside. This body is this big, as we mentioned, that we explained yesterday, this big crocodile, this big alligator that has its teeth sunk into a neshama that's trapped somewhere in the teeth of the alligator, in the bowels of this, of this crocodile, this great great hulking lizard, this Komodo dragon over here, and we have to figure out how to pry the neshama out from, 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 the, from, the, from the innards and the teeth and the bowels of this huge body. That's the Russia, because he's made himself a body. He is his existence is an existence of the guf. That's where he hangs out. That's where he lives. That's what his life has been all about for him. It's a very painful, a very difficult transition, and it's about like yanking the neshama out from inside that guf, finding the neshama and yanking it from the guf. That's the struggle that the guy is describing, that the Russia has when it's time for him to go. The fight that he puts up, what that fight means is it's, it's, it's not painless, it's not with ease, it's not without resistance, it's rather with a lot of resistance, because it's a very, very difficult thing to do. Very, very difficult. Um, to get that neshama out from the guf, because it, the, the, the guf is primarily where he existed. To make that severance, to sever the two, and to move the neshama forward is, is, is something that comes with great difficulty. That was ches. So now, we move on from that to tes, to tes, and tes also, the guy is continuing now the discussion of the point of death, and he's going to be going further the next week. Again, we have, uh, as, we, as we keep mentioning, 
We're going to be getting into some. This, this, this has been the warm up, I think, up until and including tests has been the warm up from Yud and An. We're going to be getting to some very like spooky stuff, spooky oh. stuff, Good. sobering, spooky and sobering things. The guy is going to be getting into. The test, he's going to focus once, once again in on the moment of death, the moment of the Patira, when we separate the Neshama from the Guf. And the guy says something interesting. This has to be deciphered over here, what the guy says. Zak the guy says, Kol yamim, a person's entire life, Midas Haddin Mekatrik. Midas Haddin, which is the prosecutor in Shemaim, the auditor, we call that the Satan, right? The Satan is the prosecutor. The, the spiritual force that's in charge of trying to summon a person to justice, trying to build up a case against a person. So a person's entire life, Midas Adin Makatrik, Midas Adin is constantly being Makatrik, constantly trying to stir up motions against this person, constantly trying to prosecute. We don't listen to Midas Adin until it's time for the guy to go, until, until it's the, the appointed time of his death. That's when we listen to the Satan. That's when we, when we, when we give the prosecutor, the 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 um, prosecuting angel, the prosecution. We give them their day. We give them their their moment. We give them the floor when it t- comes time for a person to die. Period. So so what just happened over here? The going said a couple things that need to be examined more closely. First of all, he says in a person's entire life, Mitzvah is being Macadric. Your entire life. Midasadin is trying to stir up cases and arguments against a person. Your entire life. But we're not listening to it. That's the, really, I think we can identify three different components over here. We don't listen to it. When do we listen to it? When it's time for a person to die. It sounds like that's the first time we do listen to it. And it sounds like listening to Midasadin, that's what now allows a person to be taken from this world. Up until that point, we don't listen to it. And... Up until the point that Mitzvahdin is clamoring to be heard in to- all the time. All the time. So the question is, really, we, we don't listen to Mitzvahdin up until it's time for a person to die? Sounds like the only thing Mitzvahdin is capable of doing is killing a person. That's what it sounds like. And when you see a person die, that means, ah, finally we, 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 we gave Mitzvahdin the floor, we gave the prosecution, the floor, and that's what happens when you listen to the prosecution, you give them the floor, you give them the chance to speak, you give them the microphone, that's what happens, the guy dies. Sounds like up until the point of death, we don't listen to the prosecution, I mean, it doesn't sound like he said that, we don't listen to the prosecution, and they have no power, they have no ability, they have nothing to, we don't, we don't give them the floor, we don't give them any, 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 um, airtime, air right, we don't give them, um, we, don't, we don't give them room to, uh, we don't give them a vote, um, the only time that we do is when it's time for the guy to die, and then the, 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 the Mitzvahdin walks in, the Sultan walks in, issues his prosecution, it gives, stirs up all his motions, and then the guy dies. So, so what about everything that happens that is undesirable and difficult and 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 unpleasant up until the point of death? Meaning. Isn't Midasadin also responsible for suffering? What about suffering? Uh, what about Einshim? What about punishments? That's not coming from Midasadin. What was that coming from? The Rebbeinishal Island? So Rebbeinishal is in charge of punishments, and Midasadin is in charge of death. Sounds a little funny. Isn't that the Sultan's job also? To, to, to um, hold a person accountable for, for Averis and get him punished? 
Einshim. We, we know there's Einshim. There's higher and higher and higher levels of Einshim suffering. But he and, and, and then there's death. Then there's death. We're doing bad things. Hmm? He's happy when we're doing bad things. He's happy when we're doing bad things, but his job is to summon us for those bad things. His job is to, is to hold us accountable for those bad things. And suffering... Until now, we, we all understood that suffering is part of being held accountable for doing bad things. So what, exact, what exactly is the guy saying over here? What's he saying? The Midas Hadin, his job is to, is to kill. And that's why we don't listen to Midas Hadin, to the, to, to the Satan, to the prosecution, until it's time for the guy to die. Sounds like up until that point in time, there's no Midas Hadin, there's no prosecution. We don't hear him. We don't hear what he has to say. Um... It sounds like his job is limited exclusively to, to uh, killing somebody. And that leaves us wondering and scratching our heads. So who's responsible for all the suffering, for the punishments, for the einshim that, that a person receives for doing more minor averis? Who's responsible for that? If not, that's, that's odd. That's, it would be odd to hear that. Well, that's coming from Hashem. Hashem is in charge of punishments. Again, Amidus Hadin is in charge of death. What's that supposed to mean? That sounds very strange. <laughs> sounds very counterintuitive. And also, what does it mean? The guy makes like a blanket statement over here. If we, again, say that Mitzadin's job is to kill, is to kill a person, the Satan's job is to come and collect the Neshama, and that's his only job, um, and Hashem doesn't listen to him and, and give him um, any, any uh, weight in the courtroom until it's time for the person to die. So what does it mean then when the guy says in the beginning that a person's entire life the Satan is always being Makatrik? The, the, the Satan is always trying to prosecute. Was it trying to kill a person from day one? Really? Taco? Again, if we're going to say that the, the, the Satan's job, the, the job Mitzah did, is to take a person's life away, is that really his agenda from day one? From, from Kol Hayyamim, says the guy, Kol Hayyamim, Midas Adin Mekatrik. person's entire life, Midas Adin is trying to stir up prosecutions in Shemaim, is trying to, to, to file motions, is trying to submit uh, a, 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 um, a, a uh, you know, subpoena on, on, against this person, trying to get this person on the, on the, on the witness stand, on trial in Bezin, is constantly trying to do that, a person's entire life. And we only listen to him at the end when it's time for the guy to die. It sounds like that, that Mitzvah is trying to constantly kill somebody from day one. What did this person do wrong that he's already deserving of death from day one? So these are the questions that have to be asked to understand this going a little bit better. I think with these questions, we can crack this piece open and try to see what, what lies at the core of this shtickle uh, of the Ivan Shleim over here, the, the guy. Why is Mitzvah then trying to be in contract from day one? And why does it seem that Midas Adin's job, the prosecution's job, is only to kill, and, th- and, and therefore we only listen to it on, on, at, at you know, the final day of a person's life, and where's all the punishments coming from? Where's all the suffering? Where's the Einshim coming from? If not from Midas Adin, the guy says we only listen to Midas Adin at the end, so where are all the Einshim coming from? So it's like this, Rabbi Say. It's like this, putting the whole thing together. One thing is clear from this guy, and we have to latch on to this, and that is that the job of the Satan is to try to get a person killed. That is the job of the Satan. So, so far, so good. That's what, that's what the guy says. When do we listen to the Satan? When do we give him the floor? When do we give him free reign? When do we let him do what he really wants to do? And then he comes in and snatches the person's Hashemah. You see from the guy, the job of the Satan is to 
kill. The job of the prosecution is to kill. And that's what he's trying to do against Lebanon. We don't let him get away with this till the very end. We don't listen to the prosecution till the very end. But what does that mean? What, 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 what is, how does that to be understood in light of the fact that we, we know that there's a lot of stages in between um, the happy, pleasant life and death. There's a lot of levels of punishments and suffering in between. Who's that coming from? Is that from the Satan? If indeed the Satan's job is to collect a person's shama. The terraces. The terraces. Who are we talking about? Who are we defining over here? This piece of the guy, Simon Tess, is 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 the is 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 um, the guy defining for us and describing to us who the satan is, the prosecutor, and what his job is and how he functions. The guy is coming here to let us, let us understand, you know, the satan getting to know the satan, what his job is and how he does it. And what the guy is telling us is that the satan, who's that's the prosecution, that's the one in charge of. Of, of filing a motion against somebody when he does an Aveira, what his job is when examined on its own, on its own right and on its own devices, his job really is to kill. That is his job. And that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do always. I, what about ancient, what about punishments? When we look at Midas Hadin, On its own rights, when we look at the satan as it stands on its own, what the satan really always wants and really always has a, a, a demand on is that any infraction, any, any, any stepping out of line, any minor violation of what Hashem said, if we look at it from a strict concentrated, exclusive perspective of the Midas Aden and Midas Aden only, everything really deserves death. Everything deserves death. Everything. Everything and anything. From a, the Dover Godel, from the worst type of crime possible, the worst type of Avera, you know, the guy could be a, a Rishia bar Rishia, do the most heinous act that is passable within, you know, the Torah and Mitzvahs, um, one of these, one of these, one of these, one of these uh, situations that you have in Mesechus Makas, where the Gemara tries to figure out how you could do six Averis in one shot, seven Averis in one shot, eight Averis in one shot, right? Someone like that. Everybody yeah, remembers this. Remember that? So the Avera contest, right? So, someone like that, you know, you try to figure out how to do, how many Chayve Krises can you do with one Misa? How many Chayve Mises Bezin can you do with one Misa? So, about someone like that, he's definitely deserving of death. But when you look at the world through the lenses of Midas Hadin, everything really deserves death. Everything. A person should get, should, should, should get the, the, the death penalty for putting his shoes on in the wrong order, for tying his shoelaces in the wrong order, for talking between Tefillah Shel Reish and Tefillah Shel, shel, shel Yad, for, for, uh, for, for, um, this is, these, are, these are toughies over here, Abba say for leaving Shul before the final Kaddish, right? Prison, anything a person does, 
really, that's out of line with Shulchan Aruch, that's out of line with Shas and Paiskim, that's out of line with the Torah's expectations. A- anything and everything really should be deserving of death. Everything and anything. Um, and who sees things that way? The Satan. The Satan. And the Satan is not incorrect in that perspective. The Satan is not incorrect. How's the Satan looking at life? How's Midas Adin looking at life? What's Midas Adin's perspective? Midas Adin's perspective is, listen, Rabbi Sai, he says, you guys have no right to be here. You're here on credit. You're here on borrowed time. This is Oilam Chesed Yibana. Nobody has any inborn right to be born. Nobody has any intrinsic right to be intrinsic. Nobody has any schus to be in existence before they're in existence. We're all here because the Rebbeinu gave us life on credit. He gave us life on Chesed. It was a Chesed Abayi that he decided to put us here. And he put us here. We're on his terms. We're working according to his expectations. He's the Melech. We're subjects to the king. If you want to justify your existence, you have to listen to the source of your existence. You listen to the expectations of the Melech. Then your existence is justified. You have a right to exist. If you're here on borrowed time, on, 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 on credit, and you don't listen to the king who put you in existence, you don't you live life according to the terms of he who gave you life, you have no right to life. And even the most minor infraction already forfeits your, life to, your right to life. How could you be here as a result of the chesed of Bayre, and not be listening to the Bayre Eilam. The Rebbeinu told you what order to put your shoes, in, uh, shoes on in. The Rebbeinu told you what order to tie those shoes in. How could you not listen? How could you take that life that he gave you and not listen to the terms of he who gave you life? You have no right to life anymore. Any infraction should be, should be, should be uh, deserving of a person forfeiting his life. And, and, and this is the perspective of Midas Adin. It makes sense from Midas Adin's perspective. And, and the emesis. The emesis. This is, this is, you know, maybe even a Gemara coin to Rashi. Um, the Gemara tells us that there's the three Abeyers Chamuz, three, three cardinal sins that a person has to give up his life for, right? We have drashas that there's three Averas that you have to give up your life rather than break. But everything else the Gemara says, every Avera other than the Gimel Chamuris is Yavar Va'al Yeharig. You do the Avera and you don't give up your life. You do the Avera and you don't give up your life. Why do you do the Avera and not give up your life? By everything else. Excellent. The Gemara in Sanhedrin says, V'chai Because the Torah said, V'chai the, the, One of the basics, one of the basics, Within the Torah itself is v'chai b'hem. Torah is here to give me chaim. Torah is here to give me life. Torah places value on my life. So we learn from v'chai b'hem that my life comes before Hashem's Torah with the exception of the Gimel Chamrus, the exception of the three cardinal sins. There is a beautiful Rashi over there. Has Rashi explained v'chai b'hem? Rashi says that, look, really, you should have to give up your life for everything. This is what Rashi says. Because how could you ignore the Melech? The Rebbein Shalom told you to do something. The Rebbein Shalom told you, excuse me, that you cannot put on a four-corner garment without putting strings on it. So if a guy puts a gun to your head and says, I want you to put on this four-corner garment without the strings, just say, well, I, you know, I have to listen to God before you. The God told me not to do it. I have no right to violate the word of God. You would have to give up your life to, 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 um, to, 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 to not wear something that doesn't have tits on it. You'd have to do that. You'd have to give up your life for that. But the Torah comes along and says, I'd rather you live. I'd rather have your life, says Rebbe Shem, than listening to me. I'll put your life before my orders and my instructions. But what do you see from this Rashi? 
Shuras Hadin, as you see from Rashi, that really there is no heter to not listen to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And with that, I would have to make that same cheshun. I have to have to say, Hashem, your word is more important than my life. That's when my life is being threatened. So that's when V'chai Behem gives me license to ignore Hashem's Torah over my life because that's what Hashem wants me to do. But what if the guy doesn't have a gun to my head? What if my, my life is not being threatened? And I just stop wantonly, casually, negligently ignore HaKadosh Baruch Hu's instructions. We're back to what this Rashi says, which is that how could you ignore the Melech? How could you ignore the king? There, there, there's no heter to ignore what the Rebbein Shalom said. If I'm using my life, when my life is not being threatened, to ignore what the Rebbein Shalom says, well, that kind of forfeits your right to life. You have no right to ignore HaKadosh Baruch right now. So we, we cannot have the same idea here in this Rashi, in this Gemara Sanhedrin, according to Rashi, that you see that there's no heter to ignore the Melech. You have no heter to ignore the Melech. The, ones, the, the moment you ignore the king who put you here, who gave you instructions that life is on his terms, you forfeited your, your right to life. A scary idea, but it, it sheds such incredible light and illumination, lichtekeit, on this guide over here, that Midas Haddin, the Satan, the Satan wants to demand a person's life for the most minor of infractions. Most, an Avera Kalo, the most minor of Averas, the Satan has the right to demand a person's life. That's what the guide means, that we don't listen to him until the point of death, because that's what he's clamoring for the entire time. He wants to kill a person. This, this, this guy... Uh, Forgot to make a brain of fascist. The Zir forgot to make a brain of fascist. He forgot to make a shahakal. That's it. Off with his head. That's what the Sultan wants. Person, person uh, forgot to make a, a, a birch and make a, made a bracha shayt the, the Sultan is demanding the person's life now. And that also explains the Gain's opening statement. We asked, how could the guy say, a person's entire life, the Mises Adin already wants to kill him? What do you do that's so bad already in the beginning of your life that the Mises Adin wants to kill you right away? Terence is, everyone's doing Averis, even minor Averis. Everyone's doing little things, right? Everyone's doing little things here and there. And the moment the person does, the beginning of his career, a minor Avera, a minor infraction, the Sultan is already Makatrik, wants to kill the guy. That's what the guy means, that the Sultan is Makatrik, a person's entire lifetime, wants to kill the guy right away. We don't let him get away with that. We don't give him the floor until Yom HaMisok. So this explains, I think, 50%, maybe 70% of the issues that we had over here. But what remains over here, so we understand now really how the sun operates, how the sun sees life, what the sun really wants to do, and why the sun is doing that immediately. But what about our other question, though, Rabbi? Einshim. So where are punishments coming from? The Einshim, the punishments are coming from the Rebbein Shalalem. The guy says, we don't listen to the Satan until it's upon the point of death, until it's time for the person to go. That's when we surrender the floor to the Satan. That's when we let him do what he wants to do, and he comes and he snatches the guy's neshama. And what happens until that point in time? The Einshim, the suffering, the punishments that are coming for Averis, the Satan wants to kill you for, any, for everything that you did. So where the Einshim coming from? Where's the Einshim coming from? What is the guy, how's, the, how's the guy to be understood over here? Teretz is, and, and, and this is something that gives us such a fresh new perspective for ourselves on life and what's going on behind the scenes constantly. Einshim certainly are coming from Midas Adin as well. Hashem doesn't want to punish you. Hashem doesn't want you to suffer. They're coming from Midas Adin calling you out on things, but... A punishment represents the fact that the Midas Hadin, the Satan, what the, what the prosecution 
really wants to do has been limited and his hands are somewhat tied up with Midas HaRachamim. Punishments always represent Midas HaRachamim, Hashem's compassion and Hashem's mercy being mematic as hadinim, diluting things, watering things down and, 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 and toning down the full brunt, the full blow, the full force of what Midas HaDin wants to do. Midas HaDin always wants to kill, always wants to collect a person's soul, always wants to, to take a person out of this world, because again, how do you have the right? How do you have the right to you take a shower and you wash, you know, this halach is how you wash your body parts in the shower. What order to wash yourself in the shower, right? This halach is about this. How do you have the right to take a shower? You wash your arms before your head? Don't you know that's against the halacha? Midas Adin immediately says, this guy's got to go. He's not listening to the melech. We've got to take him out of here. Midas Harachim says, let's give him another chance. Yeah, he did the wrong thing. He's got to do something about it, but, but we're not going to, I'm not going to give you the floor. I'm not going to give you the mic. I'm not going to give you the exclusive vote over here. I'm not going to let you do what you want to do, what it's so clear to you, what has to be done. I'm going to tie your hands somewhat, diminish what you want to do, dilute what you want to do, and we'll, we'll, we'll either give the guy time to do tshuva, that's midas harachamim, tying up midas adin altogether, giving the guy time to do tshuva, like a delay tactic, tying him up and putting him in the corner while we while we give this guy time to do tshuva. Or I'll tie your hands down 95% of what you want to do, and I'm only going to give you. I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to tone down what you want to do from 100% to 5%, and that's going to result in an einish. That's going to result in a punishment. Punishments are certainly coming from midas hadin. But the fact that it's only a punishment and not death represents Midas HaRachamim vastly diluting, toning down, and dampening Midas HaDin from 100% strength to 5% strength. Everybody understand? That's what the guy is saying. That's what the guy is saying. The Midas HaDin always, is always being with Katrick. It always wants to do what it feels is so clear, is so blindingly obvious what has to be done. This guy put on his shoes in the wrong order. Put on his socks in the wrong order. That's, a, that's it off with his head. That's what Midas HaDin wants to do. Against Levin, the entire lifetime of person, the person's entire career, Midas Harachamim is able to step in and say, we're not going to let you get away with what you want to do. We're not going to give you the exclusive floor, the exclusive rights over this person. We're going to tone you down with Rachamim. We're going to dilute what you want to do with Rachamim. We're going to tie you up with Rachamim. And what the person ended up getting was Midas Hadin after Midas Harachamim Tone down Midas Hadin. That's where Ein Shimmer coming from. So every punishment, if we think about this, this is really a whole new perspective on Ein Shem, right? Nobody likes Ein Shem. We don't like suffering. We don't like re- receiving bad news, Chas Shalom. We only want good news, and as Hashem, we should only be zeichet to hear good news, Rabbi Say. Always. Amen. We should only be zeichet to pleasant, a pleasant, happy Geshmak and a happy, pleasant life. All of us. Always. Nobody likes when there has to be suffering and darkness. But the guy is putting a new perspective on that. Even in the darkness, even in darkness, even in darkness, the Midas HaRachimim is right there, always. It's incredible if you think about it. The attacked person is suffering and he received bad news and it's not Kishmak, it's not good for him. But the fact that he's still alive, that represents Midas HaRachimim. In fact, he's still alive. How come he's not dead? Because Midas Arachimim came in and is giving this guy a big bear hug and 
is not allowing Midas Adin to get away with what Nisan Adin really wants to do. He took Midas Adin, which is death, and toned it down to 5% of death, which results in, you know, bad news, which results in suffering, which results in, in unpleasantness. But that's Midas Harachimim. The punishment itself represents Midas Harachimim, tying up and toning down Midas Adin. An incredible idea, a whole new perspective on life, Rabbi Yisrael, and on suffering. And again, not that we are, chas you know, looking for, for, for Einshim, he said, we should, we should be zeichot to undiluted, unmitigated Midas HaRachimim. It's not a Midas HaRachimim that has to grapple and wrestle with Midas HaDin. But when a person does receive Einshim, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a popular idea to say that yeah, the suffering is really Hashem behind the scenes. Hashem's there behind the scenes. Hashem still cares about us. Hashem suffers with us. And Hashem's right there behind the suffering. There's a whole new perspective on that. It's not even that Hashem is behind the scenes of the suffering. Hashem is is HaRachimim is, is, is why it's only suffering. That is Midas HaRachimim. That's Midas HaRachimim tying the hands of Midas HaDin and, and, and only allowing Midas HaDin to get away with 5% of what Midas HaDin wants. That, that is Midas HaRachimim. This Midas HaRachimim is why it's only suffering and not death. This is what comes out of the gun. This is what the gun is putting together over here for us. So, phenomenal insight and phenomenal new perspective on how to understand life. And indeed, we should be zeichet to a wonderful halak, a lichtig shabbos, a lichtig leben, a life of only good basuris, a life of, 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 of comfort, a life of misarachmim, a life of clarity. Okay, a wonderful shabbos. Mitzvah Hashem, continue next week, Rabbi Yisai.